Hi, dear listener. Zach here. I'm proud of the work we did on Call of Discovery and Keyforge Public Radio, and last year I took my love of podcasts full-time with my company, Rooster High Productions. If you know someone with a business who wants to broadcast their expertise through podcasts and derived social media marketing, send them my way to Zach at RoosterHigh.com. Thank you so much. Welcome to Call of Discovery, the podcast where we invite you on a journey into the crucible for a weekly or fortnightly celebration of all things Keyforge, its community, and of course, the excitement of Discovery. I am still somehow here as your co-host, even after all of these weeks of lockdown, Ed Pocock, and I am joined, as always, from across an ocean possibly as wide as the pectoral muscle of a Brobnar giant. It's Zach Armstrong. Hello, Zach. Hello there, Ed. It's me, Zach. And he's travelled across the galaxy to be here today. Some say he is one of the mysterious architects of the Crucible itself. Today, we are joined by Luke Olson, who is here to talk about coding for the community. So if you participate in online Keyforge communities across Twitter, Discord, or really anywhere, you'll probably know him as Sky Jedi. Luke, it is great to have you on the podcast. Hey, thanks for inviting me. Great time to be here. Absolutely. Is there ever a bad time for discovery? <laughs> no, there is absolutely not. <laughs> Depends on what you're discovering, I guess. <laughs> I mean, yeah, there are some pretty bad discoveries you can have, I suppose. But yes, today we are going to be diving into Luke's speciality area, the topic of coding, of programming, and of many other things that we mere mortals do not understand. But before we dive into our focus topic, we do on this show like to get to know our guests a little bit better. So, Zach, fire it away. So, uh, Luke, we know that I assume you play Keyforge because um, as as we we know from your work, you have you have made some programming computer mumbo jumbo stuff for Keyforge. But so do you you play Keyforge, right? You don't just make stuff for it, I assume. That's right. Um, I play rarely, but I do play every once in a while. Um being I'm a stay-at-home dad, so the amount of times where I have like 30, 35 minutes to dedicate to playing a game is quite rare. I have these, mm. uh, I like to say, an, an unlimited amount of five-minute breaks, but they will be absolutely cut short and are completely unpredictable. So it does not go well to uh, playing games very much of course. right now. But <laughs> Makes sense. in about five years, I'm going to have built-in players, so I'm... Very excited for that. <laughs> in it for the long haul. In it for the long haul. And they tell us there's no rotation. So uh can uh, just crush them with those codedex they can't buy anymore in five years. That's right. <laughs> They're all mine. <laughs> Although, if you see those mass mutations, pips, all of those amber pips. Wow. 
I think that's going to oh. give uh, give give some Kota a run for its money. So Luke, um, so not just Keyforge, but what uh, I know I know from some other pursuits of yours that you're into more than just Keyforge. What what do you enjoy about kind of board and card games? Really, any tabletop tactile games? What what has drawn you to that whole hobby? So my initial entrance into the, like tabletop games was uh, a couple years ago. One of my friends invited me to a to be part of his Star Wars RPG game that we were playing online with a bunch of uh, friends from high school, actually. And uh, just being able to have, um, and we use Fantasy Flight's uh, Star Wars RPG for this. And the immediate thing that I really picked up on and I really liked is that it was a cooperative gaming experience where we were, like, we as the players mm. and he has, as the GM, we're both making this story together. And it wasn't yeah. a adversarial relationship or stuff like that. Just being able to like play together and play cooperatively like that really uh, was very interesting to me for that whole space. Yeah. I don't know if that answers your question, but <laughs> there's an answer. <laughs> yeah, that that does. Did uh, so has that led you to uh, more than just KeyForge, or is it mostly that uh, tabletop role playing game and and KeyForge that's been the itch? Well, it kind of rolled in from a. Uh, in, from Star Wars, it uh, FFG released their generic system called Genesis and uses the same dice. So then um, I had actually made a dice bot for the Star Wars system, a dice bot and a website to roll dice remotely because uh, the current solution that my group was using uh, closed down. And so we needed a new thing. So I decided, I figured out how to make one in all my spare time that I had. And uh <laughs> Immediately rolled that into Genesis since it used the exact same dice with just different images. Um, so it was a little bit of tweaking and got that going there. Um, and then from there, I've made like a couple other dice spots for some random games that people have asked me about. And then mm. one day, I was watching the in-flight report from Gen Con where they were announcing a bunch of Genesis stuff. I think they were announced Realms of Tiranoth book at that, at that one. And then yeah. also... Also randomly talked about this card game that they were going to put out, and I had played like a little bit of Magic in high school. I never got into it because, or never got too deep into it because um, it was such a time sink. Like you need to have so many cards and so much time to actually build a deck and understand all these things and understand such a huge card pool to be at all competitive. Um, and so that like the idea of playing that type of card game was really interesting to me, but all the work that went along with it was not very exciting to me. Um, And then I played a little bit of Hearthstone, but again, building decks and stuff like that really didn't appeal to me that much. So when FFG said, Hey, here's a game where you cannot build decks, you buy a deck, you get a deck. That's it. You're done. That's the deck. Mm -hmm. Really like that. Just, (laughs) set off a minefield in my head of like, I want this game. I immediately like pre-ordered it the second that I could. Um, And uh, the day it launched, I looked around and trying to find the community that had sprung up around because there had to be one. Um, Mm -hmm. And then I did end up finding it. And I found this guy had built a bot. His name is Tapeworm. And on the Keyforge Lounge, he has a bot that pulled up cards and i'm like this is really cool and i talked to him about it and like 
and I said, okay, I'm going to try to build a bot that does the same thing and does some other things a little bit differently. And uh, that's how um, Archive Matrix was created. Um, and then from there, it's actually gone into um, pulling up, being able to pull up your decks and your cards and random hands and all sorts of fun stuff. And it just keeps growing and growing and keeps spreading into different and various other platforms. Like there's a Twitch bot, there's a Telegram bot, I believe. There was a Reddit bot, but it has been killing my server, so it's not working mm. right now. <laughs> sure. But sure. Don't uh, want don't want bots killing things. That's a, a that's terrifying right. <laughs> prospect. A terrifying prospect. Only in numbers. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, so Luke, for the for the uninitiated, um, I know plenty of our listeners will be familiar with Archon Matrix and the the similar Twitch bot. But for the uninitiated, uh, what what is a bot? I mean, you know, if if I didn't know any better, I'd think it was you know a little robot servant you have around that just tells you what Discord <laughs> cards are. I, I suppose um, it's just an account on Discord. He just floats around. He looks like any other user. And when you type in a command into the screen, he will see the command and pull up the information that it has been programmed to do to do that. Like if you type in explanation point card and then a card name after that, it will pull up the card for that for that thing. Like if I do card penny, it'll pull a bad penny. It'll show me like each set that she's in and all of the her card numbers. It'll pull up an image of her and then it'll actually it links out to Archon's Arcana for her page as well. So if you ever have any questions about a card, you click on the link, it goes straight there and it has, and um, as Blinking Line said a couple weeks ago on here that he built this thing for that. And I'm like, I will use it. <laughs> well, that uh, that is awesome. What a, um, and I have to say in my own experience, it is quite a nice tool that I am to use in those, in those, you know, discord places where we're talking about Keyforge with, different people I often need to uh, not that I've been able to win many arguments using evidence from uh, the Archon matrix, but it is very, very convenient to be able to pull up a, a deck or a card or a rule. The rule one is, is one I have definitely used where you need to check the exact wording on a rule. And I believe that's an exclamation point rule and you can type something in and it should pull up the relevant one. Yep. It, it, it tries its best to find what you're, what you're trying to tell it, but uh, sometimes it works. Most of the time it works. Sometimes it's, kind of finicky but yeah uh, um as you said it's always interesting um to be able to pull up that information and that's kind of why i built the bot it's like i built it for me because i didn't know this card pool and i wanted to talk about it i'm like oh what's this card um so i that's kind of why i built it like i wanted to be able to pull up cards that people are talking about and know about them quickly um and then when uh, streamers started streaming keyforge and they're playing all these cards. I'm like, I have no idea what these cards are. I was switching back over to Discord, pulling up the card information and coming back to the stream. I'm like, I wonder if I could do the same thing in Twitch. And then I managed to port the bot over to Twitch as well. So now every time some a new streamer starts streaming Keyforge, I'm like, hey, I got this bot you might like. And the awesome thing here, Luke, is that you're helping so many other people with those same questions to, to solve things. So That's secondary, it... Ed. <laughs> Your humility is outstanding. Um, but I, I mean, I will say that the, the kind of key here is that, and it, it goes back to our interview with G a few weeks ago, a blinking line a few weeks ago, where 
Blinking Lion uh, G said, oh, well, I just sort of thought I had questions and wouldn't it be nice to know the answers, but I couldn't find the answers somewhere. So I put the answers to the questions on online. And it seems that you've done the same thing here of saying, oh, I need a, I've got a problem. I need a solution personally. So I'm going to create it. And um, it's just brilliant that 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 solution is there and online for everyone to see. And I don't think many people do that, Luke. I think you really are one in a thousand there in terms of actually going through that process of creating that solution. And secondarily, instead of just keeping it for yourself, offering it for everyone, it certainly is... Um, yeah, I mean, you you could you might say if you were being really really uh, keen to say that you're helping yourself, that you're helping keep the game alive, which you certainly are, so you can play it for longer. But um, it does have that added benefit, regardless of helping the entire community. Wow! <laughs> wow! Thank you very much. That's a uh, very high praise. Hmm. Well, I don't think quite as highly of Luke, but that's that's, <laughs> well, that's very <laughs> true. Than I do, <laughs> it's all down here. Feel for me, Luke. Hmm. Uh, but Luke, how did you get into coding initially? I know we were talking uh, off mics a little bit earlier and you said, uh, you know, you're, uh, when you were working full time, uh, you weren't in coding itself. So how did you, how did you get into that? That's always, to me, that's always been a big mysterious world. I couldn't quite step into. I'm a, I'm trained as a genetics person and I worked in forensics actually for four ish years before I uh, decided to stay at home as a dad. Um, and then I got into coding basically because I needed something done and it wasn't, it didn't exist. I needed, like I was in this star Wars role-playing game with a bunch of friends remotely where we got together online and just got on voice chat and did this game and we needed a way to roll dice and our current solution went away. And I'm like, I wonder if there's someone out there, some project out there that, does this. And I found one that did like 80% of what I wanted. So, and it was an open source project. So I actually, I got in contact with that guy. I forked the project from him with him and uh, I added a whole bunch of stuff to it. And I just kept like saying, Hey, this would be kind of nice to have in my game. And I kept putting stuff in. And the greatest thing about discord bots is that it is so easy to, share the bot. Um, I mm. just, you, if you just have a link, you can add that bot to your server. So nice. I was like, I had this, I'm like, I want, if I find it useful, maybe somebody else will find it useful. So I put the link out there and it has exploded mm. over the last, like, I think I've had it for three years now. And over the last six months, it has gone to a crazy amount of servers right now kind of just keep rolling like hey this would be kind of nice for the, this would be kind of nice for what i'm doing or this would be nice and i just keep being able to like make stuff like now that i've made one or two things i can make bigger and bigger things that are more and more complex gosh i'm looking forward to hearing what those upcoming projects are it's uh uh, no, no doubt there will be more stuff to help us navigate the complexities of Keyforge even even better and, 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 and similar games. So Luke, you've mentioned that you maybe don't get in as many games of Keyforge as you might otherwise like to. And um, I think the, the number of Keyforge games for all of us that we'd like to be playing is, is one more than we actually do get the chance to play. 
Um, but when you do get the chance to play, um, what's your what's your most enjoyable experience been? What what do you really enjoy about playing the game? Did it live up to the expectation of that in-flight report when they said, "Hey, Luke, you know that game you've always wanted? It now exists." Um, that would probably be I uh, attended a prime here in Saint Paul yeah. back in February, I think it was. Um, that was a sealed triad um, uh, game. Where you show up, you get three get three decks, and you that's the decks you get to play for the day. And just being able to do that kind of, I felt, put me at a more even footing. Because I know the card pool. I'm just not, I don't have the time to play or get one deck to play out exactly how I want it. So, But if I get a brand new deck and somebody else has a brand new deck, I feel like we're more on an even footing. And all of a sudden, I have a lot more fun. Even though... I did not do very well with that prime. I had a ton of fun. <laughs> it's a sign of a good game when you when you don't do well, but you still had a good day. Mm-hmm. Especially in sealed triad, that is a, that is a, an unforgiving format. That is an unforgiving format. What set was that prime for with the sealed? Triad? It was it was a worlds collide. Actually, it was my <laughs> I had one deck that was logos, star lines, and Saurian. Banned every single time without oh, no. even about eight mm-hmm. seconds of thought. And yeah. it was by far the best deck that I had in that game. Oh, and then the other two were Brobna and Brobna with the Bandit Brobna? Uh, there, was, there was some Brobnars in there. I got to, there was a really cool deck where I got to, it had like two NARPs and an Exile. So I kept exiling the NARPs. And that was a lot of fun. And, uh, <laughs> That is... And I think the other deck had a, a Lord Invidious, which is just turn one, throw that thing down. It's just fun Super. to mess. Like, and then you get to say, my Lord, pretty much the whole game. So I'm happy about that. <laughs> to, to our listeners, for those of you in the future hearing this and thinking, what's wrong with Brobnar? They're the most overpowered house in the game. They weren't in Worlds Collide. It's true. It's true. Or if they're wondering, Brobnar, what's that? I have no yes. idea what that is. <laughs> yeah. Now you know why. <laughs> indeed. Indeed. And uh, for those who haven't had a chance to play in uh, Triad, it's where you have three decks and your opponent has three decks and then you each simultaneously ban one of your opponent's three decks and then you do a best of three. And once you win with the deck, you can't play with that again. So the, the fun part of Triad is that you will not play the same matchup twice, even if you go to three games. So every single game is going to be uh, two different decks squaring off against each other, which is right. a lot of fun. You see a lot of cards, and you see a lot of combos, and halfway through the day, you're like, hey, wait a minute, I can do this. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That is, uh, besides besides uh, being able to be take the attrition of a triad tournament, um, you also have to be able to figure out your combos earlier than everybody else. It's uh, it's certainly punishing. It's certainly punishing. And, and, and Luke, there's a question from our Patreon, Kate uh, or Muffins, who was our previous guest on the show. Listeners, do go back and check that out after this one's finished, of course. Um, so she's asking... Which, uh, where do you source the ideas for new features from? And I think you've probably answered this a little bit, saying, "Well, the ideas often come from problems that you're you're seeing with the games you're playing and and solutions that you'd like to see." But are there any other sources for for those ideas? Um, 
any other any other ways that those come into your into your mind let's put it that way yeah um so probably the biggest one is just being in the community and listening to the community and like straight out asking like hey what would you like to see in this thing um i've been working with uh tco and their dev team for six ish months now and a lot of those things again were just like hey i'd like to see this in tco like um putting the deck lists that i made in tco was a big was my like one of my first big things um but then after that it was just like hey what what do people want and what do people um need from this game um to make it a more enjoyable experience and just being able to like be in the community and listening to what they want. Um, just from like that, I've put a, I've managed to get a few things into TCO that kind of help everyone else out. Yeah, I found myself, uh, actually me and my opponent benefiting from one of the things uh, I think you implemented was the, when you click leave game, there is a window that pops up that basically says, are you sure oh, the game's not over yet? Which has saved me when I accidentally click leave game. Uh, and right. which has been very nice to not accidentally actually leave the game. Yep. I, uh, <laughs> I call that feature rage quit losers. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. And, uh, it, it's just that one little check like, hey, are you sure you want to leave this game? Because you will be the loser then. <laughs> <laughs> right. No, that's a that's a good check. That's a good check. Um, so I know there's, yeah, there's the work on TCO. There's the, or is there all the, the discord bots? Um, but what, what should the average Keyforge player know about coding and programming, which really you can talk just straight to Ed and I, like, what should we yeah. know <laughs> about coding and programming as Keyforge players who interact with, uh, your stuff and the other work of people like Tapeworm and other TCO devs? Well, with my stuff in particular, like everything I do is open source. I've, it's all my stuff is on GitHub that you can see aside from like a few uh, like of my scraping programs or scra other random scripts that I have out there, but everything else is online. Like all my bots are open source. Um, all the projects I kind of work on are open source. Um, and the biggest thing is like, if you want to see something in one of these features, you can go ahead and make it like, um, Everyone that I work with is extremely receptive to like having ideas and working around with stuff. Like you might not get the exact thing that you want, but you'll get like, we'll work with you and we'll try to figure something out that can work with that. Because um, the great thing about coding is like, if you can think about what you want, there's going to be a way to get there. Mm. Um, it, yeah, it, it might not, it, it'll be a long and winding road and it might have a lot of bumps in the middle of it, but Eventually, if you put the work in, you can get what you want. You, you've opened the floodgates here, Luke. You're going to get I know, I have. hundreds of messages <laughs> after. The, <answer's, laughs> the answer is no, I will not do that. <laughs> but, but I probably will. Oh. Because when you put an idea in my head, it sits there until I, and will bug me until I actually finish it. So Luke, tell us about some of the other projects that you have worked on. You mentioned a bit about Genesis, a little bit about uh, the Star Wars RPG, but what what other unsung bits and bods and bots have you uh, have you had a hand in creating? Um, so back when Genesis came out, uh, I was kind of at a point where like I had put everything I wanted into the bot, 
and I was kind of looking for the, like the next thing to do. And there is this uh, character creator for Star Wars called Ognudes, which is a Windows only download this program. You can build your character in it, which is amazing. Um, but I wanted to try and make something for Genesis that was like that. So I spent months making this uh, a online character creator for Genesis. It was uh, when I was putting my son to bed, basically, I would sit on his floor and code for hours at a time, this whole thing. And eventually, I put it out as the Genesis Emporium, which is a fully functional um, character creator for Genesis. And uh, I've since actually handed that, since it is an open source project, I've handed it off to uh, a group that uh, is making other RPG tools. They're, um, they're from RPGsessions.com. Um, so they are now in charge of that project, and I am no longer the lead on that, which is very a lot of stress relief on my part because the Keyforge supplement is coming out any day now, and I was really almost dreading going back into that because there's a lot of stuff that I wanted to do in that with that project that I never had time to do. Um, and so that's like being able to like hand that off to another team and still being able to contribute to it, to it if I want is a huge, just lovely thing about the community. Yeah. And it's great to know about this as well, because Zach and I uh, are going to be at some point diving into that world of the Keyforge RPG. So We'll be we'll be sure to check the character builder out. Oh oh, spoiler alert! I have spent some time on Genesis Emporium. It is very <laughs> fun. It is very fun. It is one of those things that if you play tabletop role playing games, you can just get lost in making up characters and trying stuff out. Especially a, oh, especially as a yeah. GM like me. So it's fun. It's fun. <laughs> it's fun. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it very much. So, but Luke, it must have been difficult to to hand over to to another team. It's like handing your baby over to <laughs> it, to people. It really was like mm. there was a there was a lot of times there where um like I transferred the the repository to them and then i was actually in the process of transferring the domain name to them as well and there were there were points in that process where i'm like like i don't want to do this i i'm going to call it i'm going to cancel this off i can't let somebody else have all of this stuff that is mine and uh luckily i uh i'm part of the the genesis discord community as well and um the moderating team over there that i trust like explicitly um they <laughs> talk me down off the ledge of that and they're like no these are good people they're going to treat this right they're going to do the right things here they're 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 going to make it better and they talk talk me down from that so now that that whole transfer is complete and everyone's actually super happy about it including me <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but but at the same time, do you think you'll you'll find yourself using using the platform when the when the keyboard side of things comes out? Uh yeah, probably I will. Um, if I don't have like as I said, I don't have a ton of time for keyboard, so being able to schedule a regular couple hour experience to playing a tabletop RPG is also kind of hard. So um, every once in a while, I might drop by for and do a one shot if i have time but um my regular scheduled games for that are kind of to the wayside right now until again 
my children grow up and I can run yeah. games for them. And include, yeah, Which include them in it. Going to be fun. Yeah, and but all of these projects that you work on must take quite a lot of time. So being being a, a dad life uh, and a, a stay-at-home dad, what drives you to, to kind of really take the time to provide these tools that enrich player experience so much? Uh, it's mostly just being able to create something um, and make my day a little less repetitive, like... Um, and and being able to just create something that other people can use is always a really big driving force. Sure, it's that that satisfaction of uh, doing a project that you you then see other people interact with. Right. Yeah. And it, as I've I've said many times on the Discord, I do it for the Benjamins, and by Benjamins I mean people calling named Benjamin calling me up and saying thanks. <laughs> Unfortunately, that just disqualifies both hosts of this podcast, but I'm sure we can rustle up some Benjamin for you. <laughs> I am, I'm still looking for the one. <laughs> so, the dear listener, if your first name is Benjamin, please, please get in touch with Luke. Please get in touch with Luke. That's all. That's all he cares about. Oh no, but I do. I do know what you mean, Luke. Of yeah, seeing seeing something go out there. I think yeah, we probably probably get a similar buzz from the podcast of, of seeing people interact that and you know when we do get a note from someone called benjamin um anyone else no we don't want to hear from you go away yeah if you are called benjamin though you know we do like to hear that thanks as well it's always just a great feeling seeing something you've created helping somebody else out yes Mm-hmm. It's it's true. And uh, Luke and I were talking earlier before we started recording. I run a Star Wars RPG role playing game like Luke was talking about. And uh, while we've been, uh, you know, physically distancing uh, here in the States for a while, we've been meeting online and we have been using Dice, uh, the, the bot with a little with a little website for our games. And it's been immensely helpful to uh, to be able to use. Our favorite thing is that you can actually caption the little roles. We've had a lot of fun with that. Luke, how can people engage with all these projects you work on? I know there's uh, lots of ones for tabletop RPGs, if people are into that. But for the Keyforge projects, the Discord bots, uh, the things you do on TCO, how can people engage with these? What are things they should do after after listening to this podcast with you on it? Um, well, everything, again, I do is open source. Uh, they can go into my GitHub, which is just github.com slash skyjedi. All my projects are there. If you're having any issues with them, you can submit bugs on each of the repos. Um, if you're having, if you have any questions, suggestions, comments about TCO, it has um, its own repository. It's actually linked from mine onto the main one. Um, but you can always make issues there as well. Um, we really like it when people report issues there because then we have something written down that's concrete that we can go and look at and then actually kind of make a plan on how to, how we're going to solve that issue. Um, and then if you just see me online anywhere on Discord, I'm on pretty much absolutely everything. Hold on, let me just double check my servers. Yes, I'm on every single Keyforge server there is. <laughs> um, if you just at me, I'm usually around and they can at least at you back or make fun of you for no reason at all. Um <laughs> yeah, but yeah, feel free to just talk to me. Um, I'm fairly friendly, I guess, maybe. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens there. Um, but yeah, just <laughs> engage with the community, um, ask questions. We're more than happy to have any feedback. More feedback would be great. 
So, so Luke, we've spoken about loads of the things that you're engaged with, involved in, all the different things you've built for the communities, the many communities you're involved with. Um, but what's next on that journey? Uh, is there anything that's brand spanking you that we should know about or anything that's coming down the pipeline that is is going to going to change the way we play Keyforge? Uh, yeah, so just recently, TCO launched a challenge in integration where um, now if you make your tournaments on challenge, the TO for that tournament can pull all of that information into TCO, create all the games for the current round, and then send links to all of those games back to challenge. So your users, your players will only need to be on challenge, click a link, they go into TCO, play their game. When their game's done, they close it out, report their scores, and that's it. There's wow. no searching. There's no trying to find games, trying to find who you're matched up against. You just click the link that is supplied for you, and that's it. We just had the a our first large tournament yesterday. Um, this would have been like at the end of May, uh, where it actually worked, <laughs> and I'm uh, I coded a whole bunch of this, so it's I it's equal parts very exciting and very terrifying that people are going to be using this um, going forward um, and that it actually works. And um, it's not open to everyone right now, but there's, we've, uh, Cryogen has said that he's going to be very um, open to adding this role for anybody to use if they want it. Wow. Um, Sure. So it's sure it's <laughs> exciting times, and it's it's again just trying to make the user experience a little bit easier, like each step of the way, and um, make it easier to play Keyforge online. And anyone who's played in an online tournament will will instantly know to what extent this will make things easier and lower that barrier to to playing games online. So uh, um, so it does change the game. To excuse the pun, that's great. Yeah, I had the I had the privilege of playing in that a few rounds in that tournament at the end of May. And it was it was just so wonderfully easy to just sit there in Challenge, the tournament organizing website. For those of you who might not have had experience with it, a tournament organizing website, and then you just mouse over your name. There's a little link. You click it, and then boom, you're in your game on the Crucible online. It's oh, it was it was fun. It was so fun to see that live. Yeah, and that's it's the the culmination of a whole bunch of little features that we've been slowly putting in like um putting in uh the game links was one of the very first steps for that it's like once we got game links then we could go back and work on making games remotely with no users in them and then linking that game and then sending that link to the thing it's a whole like spider network of things of tiny little features building up over time then then we pull together and make an actual great product to use and there's there's more fun things coming with that and a few other features. So be on the lookout. Mm, excellent. Excellent. <laughs> yeah, we will be on the lookout for that. Definitely uh, follow Sky Jedi on Twitter. I'm sure Luke will be talking about that when it's when it's appropriate. We'll, we'll definitely put that uh, put your handle down there in the show notes so people can can stalk you and, and listen to your rantings and ravings on there. Oh, yes, I do rant and rave. And uh, no one will be surprised, but that the handle is actually just Sky Jedi. <laughs> <laughs> excellent e easy to find easy to find 
Luke, thank you so much for for coming on board today. We really enjoyed talking with you about coding and the community and a surprising amount of role-playing game work you've done. So thank you so much for coming on and, and gabbing with us. Uh, you can find ways to contact uh, Luke Sky Jedi in the show notes. We'll have links to where to find him on Twitter, and he goes by that name also on Discord if you're there. And if you are enjoying Call of Discovery and are willing and able to support us monetarily, our Patreon is linked below as well, where you can have a say in our future too, both through our Patreon-only Discord. Let us know what you'd like to see more or less of in future shows. You can do that by emailing us at discoverkeyforge at gmail.com. As always, please subscribe and leave a review on your regular podcast app and come find us on social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. More importantly, more than all that, if you think a friend would enjoy this show, please help them to discover it. Have you answered the call of discovery?